Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike. And you're joining us for part three of a little series on the podcast about church membership. So we started to open up the question on the podcast last week, is church membership biblical? And we're going to pick up part two of that this week, talking about nine reasons why we think, and I'm speaking for Mike and I, along with the elders at Grace Church and the pastoral team, why we think, yeah, church membership as a even a formalized process is a biblical way to practice what the Bible describes as church membership. So, Mike, let me kick it to you first. Before we get to any of these specific nine uh, points, big idea, high level, talk to me about why church membership is biblical. Okay, so when God speaks of his church, Christ's church, we have um, we have pictures of it. We have, uh, you know, these these really great word pictures, okay? Bride, all right? He's preparing his bride. Christ's bride, the bride of Christ. You've got the body of Christ, okay? The body of Christ. So you've got these great word pictures. You've got God's building. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Not brick and mortar, but the idea of something God is building, okay? Or something he has planted and that is growing. Um, You've got the idea of a building, a body, a bride. A family. A family. And that's the family, brothers and sisters, brethren, um, love one another. You're, you're in the family, your brothers and sisters in Christ. We've got these great pictures. And when we talk membership, we primarily are talking about the body metaphor. Okay. These got these great metaphors, these great word pictures, the body metaphor. And, and in, in first Corinthians 12, we have this word member and it says in verse 12 of first Corinthians 12, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And it says in verse 14, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And then it says there are many parts, verse 20, yet one body. And then verse 25, the, the members may have the same care for one another. And verse 26, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. 20, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And that Greek word melos, members, it literally means a body part. So that's what we're talking about. That's the big idea. So we're body parts and and the members, again, every time in the New Testament that we're speaking of, of the church and of a church where it's always referring to a local assembly of believers. Okay. It's always referring. Uh, now there are times when the universal church is, is referred to, but most of the time in, in the in the general parlance of, of just of, of, of people being addressed as churches, it's talking about local churches. So here's, let's go with nine reasons. You want to start with the first one? Yeah, absolutely. So first one we want to talk about is the existence of church leadership and the very existence of elders along with deacons assumes that the church leaders know who they're leading. The Bible talks about elders knowing the sheep that are among them, caring for those people. So this is all pointing out uh, in a pretty simple way, actually, that there's a definite group of people that the leaders are responsible mm-hmm. for taking care of. Especially I'm thinking immediately of First Peter 5, that the elders are supposed to shepherd the flock of God that's among them. And just like a shepherd, you know, I mean, even to go to a different place where Jesus talks about the shepherd leaving the 99 for the one, 
that dude counted and knew that mm-hmm. he had 99 sheep and not a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that the parallel is that just like the shepherd knows how many sheep he has and he's taking care of them and he's even individually, you know, knowing each of them in a personal way, that's what elders are called to do as well. So that just indicates there should be a formal, uh, way of understanding. These are the people under my care. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And of course, reason. right. And corresponding to that, you get the second reason, the existence of church followership, in Hebrews thirteen seventeen, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. So the existence of church fellowship, followership, you got leadership and followership. There's an accountability in leadership and there's uh, an identifiable group uh, to, to be accountable. And, um, Paul refers to churches rather than one universal church when he's talking about the church a lot of the time. And um, I think that's church followership. Yeah. That's the second reason. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A third, a third reason would just be the existence in the Bible in different places of church lists. So first Timothy five, nine, if you wanted to dig up the reference, it talks about them having a list of the widows in the church mm-hmm. uh, in places like Acts six and Romans 16. It talks about uh, choosing leaders from among the body. And it just implies that there's a recognition there of who is actually among the body. Uh, you know, we were actually, Mike, you're just preaching out of Acts two and you have times when it's saying, you know, the Lord added to their number about 3000. So there is a, you know, a sense in which people are being set off. They're designated as, Hey, you used to be outside of us, mm-hmm. but now you're among us. So mm-hmm. yeah, just the idea of lists in the Bible that, that helps us think about, okay, yeah, there's precedent for yeah. a kind of organized way of keeping track of this. Mm-hmm. So another, the next reason, the fourth reason would be the existence of a formal decision-making process. And I'll, I'll take us to second Corinthians two, six, where he says for such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. You should turn and forgive and comfort him. And this is on the back end of church discipline where uh, a painful decision had to be made, but a, a, a repentance, the good, the good thing you want to come out of it happened. And so the good result happened and there was a decision making process that had happened on a part of the church. So that's the fourth reason, formal decision making process. Uh, here's a fifth reason. And I really like this one, actually, the existence of a formal welcoming process. So the the idea or the situation that springs to mind is the time when uh, Barnabas is advocating for Paul. Uh, obviously a unique situation because he was like a notorious, you know, Christian persecutor. But Barnabas is advocating to the church, hey, this guy, he's, he's the real deal. He really has experienced the grace of Jesus. He deserves to be among us. Well, that implies, again, just this idea of there is a among us and, a, you know, outside of us. And again, church membership is just a way of keeping track of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Six reason uh, goes right along with it. The existence of a formal dismissal process. Obviously, if, if you can be formally put into something, you can be formally put out of it. Uh, this is the idea of church discipline uh, is that how could you discipline someone who's not a part of something? Okay. It just, it's just, a, it's just, it doesn't make sense. You know, it, the idea that, you know, the flock, you know who the flock is. And, and there's a way to say, Look, you're unrepentant. You have, you're refusing to repent. Um, we can't have fellowship, and that's a, a formal dismissal process. Yeah, that's good. Uh, seventh would just be the existence of the one another's. So, I guess you could make an argument that okay, we don't formally practice membership, but we still practice the one another's. I understand that, but even the idea that you you have not just the possibility, but the responsibility as a believer to fulfill 
the one another's in scripture, you know, loving and caring and taking care of and, and, and providing for when people are in need. And then this long list of things that's implying, Hey, there's a, there's a recognized group of people here who, are, who I am doing that towards. And it's the church. Uh, Jesus said that the world will know us by our love for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That's number seven. All right. Number eight might be the most important, um, of these and, and they're all important. The ordinances imply belonging. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are literally invitations to membership, to know and be known, and to be recognized in a certain location by the people of God as you give testimony to your faith in Christ, as you live imperfectly but consistently before a group of like-minded people. When you come to the Lord's table, it's the church saying to one another, we believe your testimony, one another. We believe each other's testimony. And at baptism, it's saying we believe this person truly has been regenerated. Now, do we sometimes get it wrong? Of course. But in the, in the main, in the majority, it would be baptism and the Lord's Supper are invitations to membership. They imply belonging to a local assembly. Yep. Yeah. Number Actually, before I get into it, just to, just to camp out on baptism for a quick moment, I would say, tell me this is true, Mike, at Grace, baptism has probably increasingly been tied to the idea of membership as we've emphasized that not in a rigid way where, Oh, as soon as you're baptized, you're immediately a member or something like this. But the idea of somebody coming in off the street and just saying, Hey, I believe in Jesus. I want to be baptized. We actually wouldn't, we wouldn't go for that. If, if they were not wanting to have participation in the life of the body going forward, you know, we're baptism is baptism is implying, Hey, you're moving from being outside of us mm-hmm. to being one of us. So yes, we would encourage every believer to find a local church to link up to. That is a true church of plurality of elders, preaching the word, uh, administering the ordinances, practicing church discipline, caring for the body. And that we would want you to be in a body. In fact, the last one, and we're going to, I'm going to send this over to you, Connor, but the last one is what we kind of started with. And this is, this is the strongest explicit argument because the word member is used. So, Right. This yeah. Last one just is to, the just capstone. to tackle kind yeah. of a ninth idea here. It's just the idea that the, the Bible itself is, you know, uh, what holds out to us the body metaphor and the exercise of spiritual gifts is couched in that language of the body building itself up, you know. And so it talks about the importance of each member of the body and how the body's handicapped. If, you know, it's, it's funny, but hey, none, even if, if I was missing my pinky toe, I wouldn't be as good of a runner, you know, or a walker. And, <laughs> and so, you know, even, even, the, the, even makes the point Paul does in one place, even if you think that, it, that you're the quote, less significant member, no, it's not that way. You know, those, those parts that seem to be less significant, in fact, have a great significance. So, uh, you know, I almost, I do smile when somebody says, well, church membership isn't biblical. And I, I just think, well, sorry, but the word member comes out of the Bible, you know, members, members, you're members of one another. So, Mm -hmm. um, that might be kind of like you're saying, along with the ordinances, probably the most clear cut of the reasons arguing for, for how membership is biblical. Hopefully this has been helpful listeners uh, to help you understand church membership and help you love it. I hope you love it. I hope it's, hope you see it's, it's a, a blessed thing. And I hope you link arms and, and put your name on, on the line with, uh, with a local body of believers. It's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. We're going to have another, uh, another week to come, uh, talking about church membership. So join us again next week, one more time to talk about what am I committing to as I become a member? We're looking forward to that until then God bless you and have 
an amazing week.